0: Welcome fellow pilots and other podcast listeners to another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman, Captain David Campbell. In this episode, we will switch gears just a bit and talk about some of the assistance programs available to pilots. Those include HIMS, Professional Standards, CIRP, and Aeromedical. I'll be speaking with the chairman of each of those committees, which are now organized under the umbrella of the Pilot Peer Support Committee, and that is led by First Officer Steve Savage, who is also our Aeromedical Committee Chairman, and I'll begin this conversation with him. Steve, thanks for joining me. Hi, David. How are you doing? Good. And Steve, what's your uh, explain your position at ALPA. I'm the Aeromedical Chair and the Pilot Peer Support Chair. Yeah, and the pilot peer support, it it's a relatively new committee, right? Or or, or a, a sort of a reworking of the some of our structure. Is that correct? Correct. And what is included within that umbrella? Uh, we have aeromedical, Hims,
1: SERP, ProStands, and Pilot Peer Support.
0: Several months ago, we presented a communication that we called Call ALPA first. Maybe you could talk about why one might want to call ALPA.
1: So if you're having any issues, the best thing to do is to call ALPA first. Call your rep, or if you know what community you need, call them directly. You're not sure, you don't know your rep's number, call the pilot peer support number 309-PPS-ALPA. It's a, a group of pilot volunteers who've been trained to help pilots with family, financial, or personal problems. They're not, you know, mental health counselors or anything like that. They're just volunteers and they're able to point you in the right direction to get the help that you need.
0: Let me bring in Bob, who is our HIMSS chairman. Bob, thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks, David, I'm glad to be here. So Bob, talk about, first of all, the, the HIMSS program. Some people might not know what that is. Give a brief description of, of what the HIMSS program can, can provide for
2: pilots. The HIMS program is the alcohol and substance abuse program for pilots. The FAA has acknowledged that just like the general population, about 5 to 10% of pilots suffer from some sort of substance abuse disorder, and the HIMS program is the result of a collaboration between Alpa, the FAA, and the airlines to treat pilots and return them safely back to the cockpit. Bob, when you say return pilots back to the cockpit, what does that mean in the in the context
0: of drug and alcohol issues?
2: So what happens when a pilot has one of these issues is they lose their medical certificate. And what the HIMS program does is helps a pilot regain a medical certificate under special issuance, just like any other disease.
0: There might be some out there that are uncomfortable with the notion of a, a pilot with an alcohol or substance abuse problem returning to the cockpit. What do you say to that concern?
2: Well, the program has proven itself. It's been in action since 1974. Most major airlines have had adopted HIMSS programs for many, many years. And over the years, um, it has about a 90% success rate. It's cost-effective for companies to treat pilots versus terminating them. And the pilots come back, and they're some of the best employees that an airline can have. One of the things I've learned as I've
0: chatted with you more is it, it's a safety program by and large, not just for the individual pilot, but for the airline industry as a whole.
2: Absolutely. It's absolutely a safety program. In fact the FAA has defined, you know, the number one reason for having the HIMS program is to protect the national air, airspace system, which is protecting the flying public. When a when a pilot has an avenue to seek help, they're more apt to do so versus a punitive type situation where the pilot would hide the the substance use disorder and and put it in the underground.
0: And Bob, I don't know that we have time to get into all of these uh, examples in, in this podcast, but suffice it to say that there's plenty of, of stories of, of pilots who have entered into this program and had really successful outcomes for them, their family, and the airline that they work for. And conversely, there's other stories where it goes the other way and a a pilot's entire career is destroyed because they didn't seek help and the sad thing is is they, they could have so we want to make sure that people are aware that this program exists and can be helpful so bob can family members call this into the hymns too or does it have to be initiated by the pilot
2: no, absolutely. Uh, family members can call, uh, especially if they're worried about their pilot. And another thing to know is pilots can call if they have a family member who has an issue. We are here to help, and we also have a family component. So we have resources to help pilots and their, their loved ones. So Bob, when you hear that phrase, call Alpha first, what does that mean in the context of your committee? pilot should call HIMSS first because everyone on our committee has been through the HIMSS program ourselves and we are living testimonies of how this program works and how it helps pilots and we do this because we love helping our fellow pilots it's far easier to call a peer than it is a management pilot so it's not like we're
0: trying to keep it a secret from the company right absolutely And just for clarity, how does the company feel about that? I mean, the idea of a pilot reaching out to you before they might call
2: their chief pilot in this case? They're very supportive of this. They know that, you know, it's a lot easier for a pilot to contact a peer versus uh, management. And the company is extremely on board for those who call before there's an incident at work. So we encourage everyone to to do that if at all possible.
0: Just one last question. Once the pilot returns, it isn't like
2: they've they've just gone through a program and now they're back to work. There's a lot of, of follow-up. That's correct. You know, the one of the reasons for the success of the program is it is a rigorous program. There is a lot of monitoring that uh, happens to keep the pilot doing the things that they should be doing to have success. Just kind of like any other treatment program for any other disease, there's maintenance that has to happen as well.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Thanks, Bob. And and again, a reminder, if you want to reach out to Bob or any of the other committees, 309-PPS-ALPA. Well, another thing that can crop up really at any time, but sometimes as stress increases over the holidays is just conflicts with um, at work, whether with uh, another pilot you're flying with or maybe a gate agent or anyone. And we have a committee that works on that as well called Professional Standards. And Randy uh, is the chairman of that. Randy, thanks again for joining us.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Randy, this is a great example, I think, of the call alpha first mantra. And so I'd like you, if you don't mind, explain what your committee does, and then why one might want to call ALPA first.
3: Sure. Professional Standards is another peer-to-peer support group sponsored by ALPA. And we have over 20 of our pilot volunteers who have been trained, and we have volunteers in each base, essentially, first officers and captains. And what we do is we help resolve conflicts between a pilot and another pilot can be professional or ethical in nature. It can also be conflicts between a pilot and another work group, for example, a flight attendant, a pilot and a mechanic. Each of those work groups have their own professional standards committees as well. And we have, uh, we have great relationships with them. We've been working with them for years, flight attendants, pilots, and even gate agents as well. So again, why we feel so strongly about you calling us first is because if you go to the company with it, then they essentially have to take it on as a discipline uh, issue where hopefully we can resolve the issue. We think of us as the bridge between the two parties and we try to get them to reach in the middle and to see each other's points of view and then appreciate that and then be able to move forward. So essentially that's what professional standards does.
0: And so what would that look like? If, if I called your committee, what would happen next?
3: Sure, um, so again, you, you would give us a call and you would tell us your concerns and your side of the story and then who your conflict was and david it's very important to to point this out and that all the pilots understand what we do is completely and totally confidential again it's pilot to pilot peer to peer and we don't keep any records we never talk about it with anybody in management or on the company side and at the end of the call If you will everything gets thrown away again we don't keep notes we don't keep records of people and how many times you've called us so it's crucial that everybody knows that what we do is confidential we kind of are the clandestine committee in the output committee structure if you will because no one knows what we do unless you call us and go through a case if you will so does that make sense does that help david
0: yeah. Yeah, I think so. And so w- would you be putting the, the two individuals together in, in any way to try to resolve their differences or issue?
3: No. Usually what we do is we like to keep it peer-to-peer. So what, what I mean by that is uh, if a captain calls, we'll, one the representative uh, from our committee will be a captain. And then if it's a first officer that, that this captain's having a, an issue with, We'll get a a first officer representative from Prostands to talk to the first officer. And we get both sides of the story, and then we try to help both sides see where the other side is coming from. And we try to reach, you know, have them be able to reach an agreement. So usually we are the facilitator of the conflict resolution, and we do not actually have the two parties talk to each other. Maybe afterwards, if it's appropriate, they can they can discuss what happened. In some cases that works out well, but essentially, no, we do keep it separate and we do keep it, we we try to keep the two parties in their own side of the ring, if you will.
0: A lot of pilots come from a, a pretty strict command structure at, prior to coming to Alaska Airlines. And I think uh, in that system, going right up the chain of command, the, the next stop would be the base chief pilot. So it may seem a little odd to call Alpha over an issue like this and not go up the chain of command, you know, which is one of the reasons that we use the phrase call alpha first. Can you speak about that, you know, call alpha first in the context of your committee? Call us first, because if you call your chief pilot, you can think of it as you're putting yourself
3: into the system, right? Where if you call us first, we can discuss it and tell you if it's appropriate for us to try to handle it. And then when we're done with it, you always have the option to do something else. So let's say that we have a case where the, the two parties just aren't able to resolve their, their issue and somebody feels it's appropriate to notify their base chief pilot. You always have that option. We will never do it for you, of course, because again, it's all confidential. Also, another thing to point out is we never discipline, obviously, because we're pilot peers. We've had a couple of cases where somebody wanted to see somebody get disciplined for, for something and that's not something we obviously do. So come to us first. We will let you know if it's something we can handle and deal with. If not, we'll definitely give you the advice you need to go to the appropriate place to move forward.
0: Well, and it's interesting that you bring up discipline because I think one of the values of your committee is these sorts of conflicts, you know, there, it, it could be something's going on with that particular pilot and they have had a nature of escalating to the point where they become a discipline issue sometimes irrespective of the two pilots that are involved, right? It, somebody notices something and um, and it, it goes downhill fast and, and a pilot is subject to discipline where perhaps there could have been an intervention that would have de-escalated whatever's going on, in it, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I we stress just what you said earlier, call us first. Or if you don't want to call us, call, call your rep and they'll – be able to kind of get you into the right direction. Where if you decide to go to the company right away, let me back up and just say we actually have a really good relationship with the chief pilot's office, and there there have been many times in the past where they will actually call us and let us deal with a case, and they wash their hands of it. So in other words, somebody went to them with a problem, and they felt that that hey, let's not open up the discipline issue, you know, the discipline road right now. Let's see professional standards can handle it and we have a relationship where when they do that they're giving us the case completely and they wash their hands of it so that's happened numerous times in the past but it's better for for a pilot to call us first rather than go to the base chief just so we get it we get the first chance to resolve the issue before the company even knows about it
0: Randy is there anything i haven't asked that you wanted to make sure got communicated
3: yeah yeah you know um when there is a situation in the in the flight deck, try opening up that communication line early in the conflict. Before you start feeling the tension rising and the, the wall building between the two pilots, tell that person how you feel. Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And usually pilots can fix it right then and there in the, in the cockpit uh, before it even becomes an issue.
0: Have you discovered any techniques coming from the other side to maybe make it known to the guy you're flying with that you're open to receiving that kind of input?
3: Yeah. um, Trying to be understanding of where the pilot you're sitting next to, or or maybe the flight attendant you're working with, where their background is and where they're coming from. Try to be a little bit open to a different point of view, maybe a different belief, if you will. And listen, and just listen to that person. seems to really bridge that gap and and get both pilots on common ground. And if if you do find yourself getting in a situation, especially today with with everything that's going on, remember um, that person next to you is probably going through something as well. And we just had a case recently where there was a misunderstanding due to a pilot uh, that, that had some some personal issues going on at home. And a good technique would have been to tell their their flying partner and say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm fit to fly today, I feel good, but I do have a lot on my mind and stuff's going on. So just wanna let you know if I'm a tad bit jumpy today, You know, that it's not you. And just that one line really helps break that ice between two crew members.
0: And, you know, another thing I'm hearing from you, Randy, is is that the name professional standards, I think it connotes in some people's minds that don't call you unless there's a massive breach of professionalism. And that's not really what your committee does either. Right.
3: No, we're here as the bridge between two people that are having a conflict. Because as we know, the flight deck needs two pilots and it needs two pilots with open and good communication to really facilitate the safest cockpit that you would want. So that's really what we're here for is to help get two pilots on the same page so they can not have a conflict in the flight deck and operate safely.
0: Thank you, Randy. You know, a trend I'm seeing emerge in each of these committees is they all share the goal of keeping the pilot in the cockpit, keeping pilots safe, healthy, employed. And so let's move on to another committee, the SERP, that, like I said, shares that goal. And Jason Hilde is the chairman of that. Jason, thanks for being here. Hi, good to be here. What does the acronym SERP stand for?
4: So SERP stands for Critical Incident Response Program. And uh, the folks who are volunteers in it are critical incident response peers. And what does your committee do? So we talk to pilots who've gone through a uh, strenuous event, unexpected event, and we talk to them about what to expect when a person's stress levels go up significantly and unexpectedly. And basically... What we're trying to do is give someone a peer to talk to that does what they do, that understands their job and isn't a manager that they might feel intimidated by talking about an event that they've gone through. And this is specific to flying on the job. And uh, basically what we're trying to assess for is see if if someone is going to be getting PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder and trying to give them uh, some good methods of dealing with that and if necessary helping them find a mental health professional that's worked in that area before.
0: And Jason when you talk about a critical incident what's an example of of that and obviously it can't be an exhaustive list but what what would make an event in the cockpit reach that threshold?
4: Kind of depending on where a person's at in their life some of us have a lot of stressors going on more so than others and maybe it doesn't take very much to uh, to kind of rock our world a little bit. For some folks, uh, if they hadn't done a go around in 10 years, and maybe they missed a couple things, that could really stress them out. And that could make them uncomfortable and not want to continue with their trip. Other folks, it's gotta be something a lot bigger. Maybe they lo- lose an engine in flight or hit a bird. Other folks, maybe they uh, didn't pass a check ride all of these are things that we've dealt with in the past.
0: Jason, how do you or members of your committee become aware that an incident has happened where a pilot might need your services?
4: Anytime there is an, any kind of a, and I'm going to use the word incident, but not the FAA term incident, okay? So all of those will generate a text message, if you will. When we get those, we assess, is this Does this mean our threshold of we're going to reach out to these pilots to see if they're doing okay?
0: And so what might be something that reaches, as you said, the threshold that your committee would get involved?
4: Any incident that you can think of, whether it's bird strikes, engine failures, uh, severe turbulence, anything like that. But even stuff that can be benign sometimes that, you know, you have a mechanical failure on the aircraft and it flew fine. But if you're working with someone who's had some other stuff in their past from that, that could take them out of their uh, their zone of functionality. So we want to talk to them about it and help them come back to their level of comfortableness with the job.
0: And so there's a number of occasions where you will be reaching out to pilots. But as you said earlier, there are times that something may be stressful for a pilot, but you know, there's no event associated with it that would ping your committee. So. We have an expression that we're promoting with the Pilot Peer Support Program to call ALPA first, and this may be a good time to talk about where a pilot might want to call SERP first as a point of initial contact. How do you see that phrase, call ALPA first, fitting in with your committee?
4: It's always wonderful to hear from folks directly about what's going on. doesn't happen as often as we would like. And so a lot of my committee members try to talk about SERP every time that they fly with someone new so that more pilots can know about what's going on with that. But yeah, it, any time folks wanna reach out to us, we are very receptive to that. And we're even receptive, if you see someone having a tough time and they don't wanna make the call, you can call us and we can we have a more gentle way at times of approaching folks and just seeing how they're doing,
0: yeah, that's good to know and while we're on this topic, I think our profession i think it attracts people who are self motivated self starters who see themselves as as someone who can not just handle themselves in an emergency or a stressful situation but almost run towards it. So this effort to reach out and, and call for help, I think is a little maybe counterintuitive to some folks. Do you have any comments about that?
4: Yeah. So let me get into one thing here that'll help to understand. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we are a self-sufficient bunch and we are the we are the folks responsible for fixing the problems on the aircraft. And when you reach a stress level that you've never been to before or experience something that your brain is having trouble processing, it is tough to reach out when you're the one that's supposed to be responsible for the safety of the aircraft. When you're the one that's supposed to be in charge of everything, it's tough to say, you know what, that, that was beyond my ability. That was really weird. It's tough to open up, but when folks do, we find that it's super helpful to help them process events that they've gone through.
0: Another SERP volunteer mentioned it this way to me. If if you have an event in the cockpit that gets your adrenaline going, that might be a time to think about calling SERP. just if for no other reason, just to debrief what happened.
4: Absolutely. And we've all had these things happen where our adrenaline gets going. And one thing that doesn't get talked about very much is when your adrenaline reaches a certain level, a peak of the adrenaline in your body, in your system, or it can be sustained for a period of time, your body has to make up for that at some point. And so there's going to be a big down after that up, if you will. And that down, that is definitely not when you want to be responsible for the safety of the aircraft and passengers. You need a little bit of time to give your body an adjustment to see, are you going to come down from that into a deeper low than what you were before? And You want to be able to come back to some semblance of balance.
0: One thing I've noticed that all of these committees have in common is the help they provide to pilots. Ultimately, what that does is allow pilots to remain in the cockpit. Is that how you see it?
4: Absolutely. Our goal is always to do whatever we can to get a pilot back in the flight deck, back to the career that they chose. Untreated PSD is is. Is no joke, and it will affect folks for years and decades. Our goal is to make it so that folks don't have to go through that to be able to deal with things as they come up and then return to their job of choice. That's our goal.
0: Like we were talking about earlier, this is a good committee to call ALPA first, but again, that doesn't mean that you wouldn't also be in touch with the company, but it's just ALPA has a particular set of resources available.
4: Yeah. One beauty of working with Alaska Airlines is they really support the SERP committee. Frankly, a lot of what we do is is helping them on their job. If, if we help out pilots and they can return to work, it's a benefit for the chief pilots. So we get a lot of support from them. One thing you should know about reaching out to us is we will always keep what you say in confidence. We don't even discuss it with other CARP members. We're not going to share anything that you say with
0: anyone. Jason, is there anything that I haven't asked that you feel like you you want to make sure people understand about your committee?
4: I just want pilots to understand that our only goal is to help other pilots who are going through stressful times to get through that and to uh, be able to return to the flight deck with confidence.
0: Thank you, Jason. And let me use what you just said there, returning to the flight deck, as a segue into another area that I think most pilots are familiar with, which is medical issues that may keep a pilot from the cockpit. There's a lot of things that, for a pilot, take you out of your ability to work that for the average person aren't such a big deal, but for a pilot, they are. So, Steve... Let me come back to you because you wear two hats right now. In addition to overseeing the Pilot Peer Support Committee, you're also the aeromedical Medical Chairman. And that committee is really a great example of where a pilot ought to call ALPA first. Could you speak to that, please? Think of us as a resource for pilots.
1: We're going to guide you in the right direction to get the help that you need. Well, it's best to call the aeromedical Medical Committee or someone at ALPA before you go talk to your own doctor we have you know, Alpera Medical down in Denver, and they are all AMEs, just like your own AME. But the only difference is they have rescinded their rights to the FAA. So whatever you tell them, they won't go tell the FAA. Where if you tell your own AME some stuff, they have to, by law, tell the FAA. So if you get a hold of us first, it can just make the whole process a lot smoother.
0: Yeah. You know, Steve, I took advantage of this once. I found it really helpful. I was skiing. I followed my son off a jump. He landed just fine. I landed on my head and lost consciousness. And it was really stressful because I'm like, I don't know what this is going to do um, to my medical and potentially my career. So it was great to call those aeromedical guys and go, look, here's what happened. And they said, okay, send me the, the, CT scan, your doctor records, and they were able to look through all of that and say, okay, yeah, this isn't going to be a problem, tell your AME. And so when I went to my regular AME, I had all that paperwork in place and ready to go. And I knew that it wasn't going to affect my medical and therefore my ability to fly in, in a negative way, but it could have, right? And, and so these same doctors will help you to get everything in line so you can get back to work. I think another good example when to use this is if you need to take a medication. I'm sure a lot of us have been in this scenario where a doctor just sort of cavalierly mentions a particular medication that you should take for your condition not knowing what the FAA thinks about that. And so calling Alpha first in that case can shed a lot of light on how that particular medication is going to affect your career.
1: Yeah. Um... You know, talking about your situation where you lost consciousness, that's a perfect example of where people would be really freaked out and think that they will never get back to flying. There's a very small percentage of pilots who never come back to flying. So call us first and we'll help you out and we'll get you through whatever you're going through.
0: Steve, so of all the committees that that we've been talking about, what would you say is the theme that holds these together and the reason that they've all been collected under the umbrella of pilot peer support?
1: We're all here to help pilots, first and foremost for their their safety, their health, and then secondly, keeping them in the flight deck, collecting that paycheck. Call ALPA first and talk early, talk often, because the earlier you take care of
0: whatever problem you think you have, it's going to be a lot easier to uh, get through it. All right. Thank you very much, Steve, and thank you all for the the work you're doing in these committees. I I know I've I've spoken to each of you many times, and I know you've got a real uh, spot in your heart for protecting pilots and the careers of pilots. So, you know, on behalf of the pilot group, I'll thank you, and, and thank you for coming in today.
3: My pleasure. Thank you, David. Yeah, thanks
4: so much for having me.
0: Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you, David. If you want more information about these committees, I've put links in the show notes all of which can be found on the alaskapilots.org website, and really the easiest way to get in touch with anyone from any of these committees is the number that we've mentioned, 309-PPS-ALPA or 309-777-2572. You've been listening to another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman, Captain David Campbell.